Hey, what's good, y'all? Welcome back to Astral Sleep, the sleep podcast. I'm very happy you guys are joining me once again. Able to get that rest, that much needed rest you're probably seeking. And I do believe in this fourth episode, I do have exactly what you guys were looking for. Now, um, again, this is just the early stages of what I'm trying out. So I'm going to dive into something a little bit new. And in this case, I'm going to go ahead and start off with a bit of a breathing exercise, a relaxation practice. And then we'll head into these stories, which are much more centered around love, a bit of POV, and then wrap it up as usual, right? But I'm really hoping to make the atmosphere and wherever you're at, whether you're sitting at your chair, uh, laying on your bed, some of you may even be, you know, rocking the futon instead of a full-on bed, fantastic. But wherever you're currently situated at, I do want to make that space feel very safe, feel very welcoming, and also very healing, all right? Because I know a number of people struggle deeply with getting the sleep that they require and that they deserve. And I'm hoping that this process gets you there. All right. Now, it's a long journey. All right. But I feel like as you join me on this journey, we'll make a lot of progress, a lot of changes, all to your benefit. All right. So we'll go ahead and begin with the relaxation practices. All right. So please do me a big favor. Get comfortable. However that looks for you, go ahead and do that right now. And we'll go ahead and enter that space that allows you to relax in a different way. And then we'll enter into our stories right after. Okay? Perfect. Let's go ahead and begin. Alright, we'll begin with a nice deep breath in. And then deep breath out. And just allow yourself to fully relax into the space. Feeling your body almost as if it's settling onto the surface you're on. As if it's sand. Slowly engulfing you, warming you up. Or settling into itself. Just allow yourself to disengage any muscles that may have any tension in them right now. But don't worry, if you can't, we'll go through the whole body and help you with that process. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Allow that deep sense of spaciousness to wash over you. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. I want you to witness this gentle touch of the space onto your body. And then next to witness the gentle touch of your body on the surface it's on right at this moment. Alright, keep your mind centered in those two things. As you take in these deep breaths in and release them out, listen closely to my voice to guide you in this space. However, if at any point in time your mind wanders off and drifts, allow it. Continue on, and when your mind comes back, 
and it is in tune with my words. Don't worry. Alright, you haven't missed anything. Okay? Don't worry about what you didn't get to hear. Just continue on with me freely. Okay? Deep breath in. Deep breath out. So I have you follow along and focus on the top of your head. Alright? And feel that relaxing, warm feeling just spread downward. Just encapsulating your head. Then finally just resting under your chin. Alright. Just let that sensation just spill over from the top of your head down to your chin. And rest just under your chin. And then gently trickle down your neck. You might feel it as a pouring sensation. You might feel it as a tingling sensation. I personally feel it as a tingling sensation. Almost like static. Something very soft. Not uncomfortable, but quite pleasant. Okay, deep breath in. Deep breath out. Now that warm sensation you're feeling, allow it to split and spread between your shoulders. Allowing it to relax your shoulders. Just moving them into a relaxed state. That tingling sensation will travel away from your head, splitting in both directions from your shoulders, resting on your shoulders. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Relax your arms. Let that feeling pour over your arms, no longer carrying the weight of them. As you feel that light sensation just traveling through your limbs, down to your forearms, your wrists, the palm of your hands, and then your fingertips. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Now, let's go ahead and relax your chest. Okay, the sensation traveling from your arms back to your chest, towards your abdomen. Alright, and then your hips, the sides of your hips. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Now that we have your upper body a lot more relaxed than before, we'll move on to the lower body. For those of you who have had your mind drift away, I hope you're on a wonderful journey. I hope you're feeling okay. If you tune back in, welcome. And we're now just focusing on the lower body. Now have your lower body follow suit and release all the tension from the outer thigh and then inward flowing down to your knees, your calves, and then have the flow rest in your heels as the relaxation just begins to spread and rolls over into the soles of your feet and then the tips of your toes. 
giving you that warm sensation, that gentle sensation just encapsulating your feet. And as your feet relax, let it just fall to the side, no longer carrying the weight. Let your legs follow suit and fall to the side, no longer carrying the weight. Perfect. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. As you continue to relax, you may feel the sensation of deep sleep wash over you. Or you may even feel a hypnic or deep relaxation jerk occur. Let go, allow the experience, and then resettle back into the space that we've created for you. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Feel the rhythm within your body as you slowly start to give into the space and drift. You may not be asleep at this time, but no worries. We wish for your mind to be at ease and your body to follow suit. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Wonderful. Just allow yourself to just exist in this space for a little bit. We're in no rush. We have the story coming up for you to listen to and allow yourself to drift off. But we're in no rush in this process. This is a safe space, a calm space, away from all the anxiety, the fears. One that allows you to fully relax and dwell within yourself and be happy with what you feel. Fantastic. All right. And now, at this point in time, we'll get into the story. Thank you for following along with my voice with this journey. And I will make a lot more progress with the story and your journey of finding that peace you've been searching for. And that much-deserved rest. All right. Let's begin. Alright, now this story is by Jerry Grays, and it's called Frozen Cherries. Alright, it's a memoir of sorts, involves love, heartbreak, obsession, alright, but it's definitely showing a side of this person that is, you know, one that I'm hoping other people can relate to and understand and gain some more clarity on not only just themselves but on what they desire for themselves all right now with that being said let's begin at the times when i feel the most aching and emptiness i try to drown myself with memories of you I close my eyes and picture all the times I turned to you and saw your face light up with that pretty smile of yours, where your eyes are grinning just as much as your lips and your dimples are so perfectly carved into your cheeks. I think about resting my heavy head on your lap while we both sit naked in the hotel room, watching dark satirical comedy on the TV, your fingers running through my hair softly every now and then and 
now you'd bend your neck over to look down at me with a wide grin spread across your face after every joke that made you laugh, as if you were making sure I was having fun too. I'd look back at you with a smile. I feel so safe. Both of us are lying on our backs, side by side, on top of a firm and starchy bed. Our arms both reaching out to each other in the middle, where our hands are intertwined loosely. I lay there and think about how many other people have lied in this position in this bed, in this room, and about how none of them were feeling the way I felt then. You'd softly run the print of your thumb over the back of my hand every so often. I would do it back to you in return running my fingers over the bones in your hands as if we were reminding each other we were still there. Kneeling in the tight bathtub while the shower above us spits lukewarm water on top of us, I'm holding you deep in my arms. You're shaking. I'm holding you as tight as I can, pressing my fingers into the sides of your arms. Your head is resting on my shoulder. I have you. You are safe. Everything's okay. I kiss the top of your head repeatedly. Your hair is wet. I mumble into your neck. I tell you that you're going to be okay. You whimper softly. I feel as if the world stood still during those 20 minutes where it was just you and me. <laughs> in a shit cheap bathroom at 2 in the morning under a stream of water while I held you and tried to get into that mind of yours. I never found out if this meant anything to you, but it meant everything to me. It's 5am and we finally decided to curl ourselves up under the sheets. I cuddle up close to you. I sigh softly, content, safe. The warmth from your porcelain chest flows around me. We are facing each other. I tell you how beautiful you are. You tell me to shut up. Your lips curl into a smile. Your eyes close gently. Such long, pretty eyelashes. I study your face. In my mind, I tell myself that I must try to burn every centimeter of what it looks like into my memory. Your small, upturned nose. Your thick, dark eyebrows. Pointed cheekbones. Soft lips. I want to draw you. You are so beautiful. You whispered to me and asked if I was staring at you. No, I replied. I think about this memory for some months after. It brings me some sort of calm, yet stinging. My body was pressed against your frame. I wish you would have never woken up that morning. I'm sitting across the table from you at a cafe while the breeze plays with your hair. How I wish I were that breeze. You're sipping on your disposable cup of black coffee. I remark about how black coffee tastes like shit. You ask me if I want to sip. I say yes, even though I hate how it tastes. You push a strand of your dark curls behind your ear before proceeding to light a cigarette. You hold it to your lips and inhale. You are so beautiful. I know this memory isn't incredibly significant to us, but I remember thinking in that moment that I had to remember this and remember what you look like right then and there. It's burnt into my mind. Your soft pink lips around that cigarette. Your long, black
black eyelashes carefully guarding your green eyes as you look up at me from under them. Your hands. If anyone else asked me, I would have said that you look like some asshole art student with a huge superiority and victim complex, but in truth, I cannot say for sure whether I would have seen such a beautiful human. All of the tiny gestures you make are so delicate and soft, like you. It makes me ache so badly when you're not here, when you don't talk to me. I know it isn't to do with me, I know you're hurting, but I can't help but feel like I must have done something wrong. I know it must be suffocating to be someone's ultimate obsession. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I try so hard not to overwhelm you or crowd you, but I'm sure it still gets to you. When I'm so far away from you in my bed, I feel so alone. It feels like morning. I mope around all day replaying memories and conversations I've had with you in some sick and twisted way of comforting myself. I hate being ill like this, and the worst part is how aware I am of it. I wish I was naive to it and could just blissfully obsess and inevitably drive you away, but instead, I must watch myself do it and just bite my tongue. That taste of blood isn't so sweet though. You are also ill, and I'll do absolutely anything to make you feel okay all the time. You never did anything in your life to deserve the things you were forced to deal with. I can't imagine what it must be like. I can't imagine how strong you must be. You're the most beautiful person. You possess the most beautiful mind. I wish you shared its content with me more often. I understand why you are hesitant to do so, but I promise I won't ever leave you, no matter what's going on in that mind of yours. I'm very difficult to get rid of, trust me. This next story is called Engulfed in the Black by Incredulous Fool. The dream bubble he sauntered into was steeped in the blackness of a starless sky, the only light being that of a large glittering moon, an earth-like moon if you will, the kind of moon he saw pictures of in a book he swiped from one of the blonde humans. It was round and speckled with engorged crevices that reminded him of the earth delicacy Swiss cheese. The humans like to make such meaningless comparisons, so he's taken to it as well. The cheese moon's rays reflected off the waters of a vast sea, seeming to grant light to its darkest reaches. The surface sparkles in a mouth-watering invitation. Its surface begs to be broken by its graceless bite. The water stretches beyond comprehension. Its corners tug down over the great curve of this dreamt-up land. Beyond the curve could leave to heaven a real and better afterlife for all he knows. He would have spent more time admiring this dream bubble conjuring if what he was about to do didn't feel so illicit. As tempting as it was to plunge into the depths and swim for the rest of time, he is not here to do that. He is here to take a quick dip and get back out before anyone could even question why his hive was empty. 
Not that anyone was ever out looking for him, but the anxiety of the off chance someone was is enough to have his blood pressure racing. Cronus hastily looked behind himself one last time before charging towards the shore. He stumbles in his sprint, graciously kicking off his boots one foot at a time. They hit the crystal sand with a barely audible thud, his shirt making even less of a sound as he discards it as well. He practically rips it off in his haste. By the time he reaches the beach shore, he's completely nude the trail of clothing behind him creating a mock pathway that led to his shame. Before he could let hesitation strike, Cronus dove headfirst into the darkness of the night sea. He would have loved to enjoy the sensation of the sand between his toes even just for a moment longer, but he is here for pure utilitarian need, not for pleasure. The thing about humans is that they don't need to be submerged in water for survival. Sure, they have a swim from time to time, a bath, a pool party, a gander through a splash pad. They use water for recreation or hygiene, usually not longer than an hour or two. Their only main source of submersion tends to be a daily shower. The rest of their water-centric activities were not even comparable in frequency to the latter. It seems to work just fine for them. But for a sea-dweller troll, that little time spent in a liquid of life is unsustainable. It borders torture. He hates to succumb to his biology in such a tasteless fashion. He works tirelessly to keep up his human facade. Cronus knew that if he were to be on the human earth, the people of that planet would stick him in an aquarium and compare his anatomy to that of an earth dolphin. He knows all of that, and yet he still lay under the sea's surface, staring up at the distorted cheese moon, sucking in and spewing out the cool liquid through his gills with the figure of a newly hatched wriggler. He would never be like them if he was to need so much more time in the water. He lets out a frustrated hmm through his lips and watches as the bubbles dance above his eyes before bursting on the water's surface. He let his mind go blank and his eyes flitted closed. Cronus knows that he can push himself into a panic if he ruminates on his inability to stay away from the water within human reason of doing so. It just seems so impossible, and deep down he knows that it essentially is. But if he acknowledges that inner knowing, he would be all the more lost. He couldn't fathom what or who he would be without the grand human fantasy. He has been living as someone outside of himself since the moment he realized who he was wasn't acceptable. Cronus squeezes his eyes shut tighter, attempting to drown out his incessant overthinking. He didn't want to think about how he was losing more and more control as each day passes. He didn't want to think about how he knows he's at a breaking point, crumbling erratically and more faster than he knows himself how to handle. He's always been decent at sweeping it all up. When anxiety, self-loathing, and dread struck his soul, he'd swiftly leave the presence of others in order to enact his panic, or he'd hide. He'd hide in a small space, melt into a puddle on the floor, and close his eyes, similar to what he was doing now, and waited until the feelings melted away from him. Everyone already thought that he was a lonely, desperate asshole. 
And although it was true, he didn't want to give them any more ammunition by showing his weakness in front of them. Sometimes when the overwhelming feelings came, he would drop whatever he was doing and pleasure himself to alleviate it. If self-medicating through panic attacks by pleasuring himself could solve his problems, Cronus would be the healthiest troll of the lot. Healthiest human. Human human. He guesses he should try soothing his shame with self-harming of any sort. He isn't sure if that's what it would be classified as though. Cronus understands that sea dwellers need a submersion time of up to 18 earth hours a week to keep their organs functioning. They need to pass water through their gills to maintain their vitals, keep their skin hydrated, temperature regulated, and protect the delicate ecosystem inside their guts from rotting or eating itself. The sea dweller body, although fierce as an earth lion, was just about as fickle as a freshly born earth tadpole. None of that is supposed to matter to him though. He's trying to be human, but if the water engulfing him was any indicator, he was clearly failing to be human. Eyes still closed, Cronus sucks in another deep and desperate gulp through his gills, focusing on his eternals as he did so. His orifices were puffy and stung as the water whipped through them. His body was in rough shape. Before greedily sinking into the depths of this dream bubble sea, Cronus had gone around 27 earth days without a full submersion. It was the longest he had ever gone. He has a heinous number of symptoms, all of which indicate that if he weren't already dead, he was about to die. His skin was falling off in flakes and constantly itching. He had started to resemble a molting snake. He had done a good job of hiding it in the early stages. He'd merely wear his unbelievable suave and vintage leather jacket at all times. Very quickly though, the rough material started to irritate his skin and only caused it to fall off faster and more painfully. He had gotten to the point of blistering, violet welts forming along this glistening molten pus before he realized there was a serious issue at hand. Not to mention how dry his mouth had become. He had barely been able to swallow the little saliva he had left without bursting into a coughing fit. His tongue sat in his mouth like a brick and served to choke him out whenever he went to breathe. He was ceaselessly fainting and nauseated and hot all over. A friend of his had said straight to his face that he looked like a walking corpse which didn't mean much considering he quite literally was a walking corpse, but the sentiment was there. He didn't want to come across like the embodiment of death. He wants people to think that he's attractive, interesting, and overall, a decent guy to be around. So why, after such pain and scrutiny, is he still thinking about doing it all over again? Not only was he thinking about depriving his body of its fundamental resource again, but he was deducing ways he could go without it even longer next time. He's been in the sea for hours at this point. He knows he needs to make a decision before breaking the surface again. He has given his body the substance of desires, and it was time to return to the land. He had managed to deprive himself of moving within the water in order to make his exit feel a little easier. So why wouldn't his body let him go? Why couldn't he settle on his next set of actions?
Cronus shook his head in frustration, raking his fingers across his sullen face as he did so. He was probably the most indecisive creature to ever have the misfortune of being conscious. <laughs> he wants to be human, and he knows the cost of doing so. He is a piece of utter worthless garbage, and he knows he deserves the pain that comes with what the cost of reaching his goal is. He wants to suffer for it, but his body twitches, and his stomach turns with relent. It begs him not to repeat the cycle. It pleads with him through pained groans and cold, fat tears. So, he stays in the water. He will hold on for a little while longer, just to make sure he could appease his biology before his mind's desires took over once more. He didn't feel as though he deserved such kindness, but his body began to feel like its own entity. He felt outside of himself. The next time Cronus opens his eyes, he notices that he's somehow sunk even deeper into the trenches of the sea. The cheese moon was no longer visible. He was engulfed in the black. This last story is called The Sun and the Moon by Glitch Bunny. Ada Wong Salazar Castle, bedroom. I sat perched atop a windowsill, looking out at the green maze below. The bushes rustled in the cool wind, and the stars shone from above, peeking behind the clouds. The moon was nestled in between them comfortably, overlooking all, just like me. I thought me and the moon might get along quite well, always staring in the night and disappearing by the time the dawn breaks, and to my amusement, it turned out that the sun himself was down in that maze, shooting his gun at parasitic creatures. I smiled to myself, watching him dart around the garden in search of the two halves of the crescent moon that would grant him access to the bedroom. It seemed as if the sun was always in search of the moon, no matter the circumstances. I couldn't be bothered by the tacky puzzle. So I just used my grappling hook to slide through an open window, the same window I'm sitting on right now, dancing on the fine line between pummeling down to the horrors below and the safety of the red plush carpet. Leon, the bright beam of sunshine, held the other half of the crest in his hand, fitting it together to see if they would click. In his hands now, he held the entire stone object, too big to fit in his pockets, he held it in the crook of his arm and made his way around the maze, making his way to me. I smiled softly, tilting my head and seeing his oh-so-determined expression. Seven years he hasn't seen me. For seven years he's thought of me as dead. I guess in some way that was true, when have I ever been alive? Through the thrill of a mission, maybe, but as a person who lives and breathes normally? Who can't get by without working for shady organizations and betraying them? No, I don't think so. I'm like the phantoms that are surely stalking the halls of this castle, maybe even watching me right now. I suppose the only times I feel alive are when I'm around him. There's always an exciting feeling that pulls on the deepest strings of my heart. Exhilaration, excitement, and sometimes also sorrow. 
The sorrow of knowing that because of the roles we decided to take into society, we can never wake up beside each other each and every day. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about him every moment I had to myself. Now I'd see him again, be able to hear him talking directly to me, and be able to study the bags under his eyes and the new length of his hair. I'm sure he'll do the same for me, looking at the black flutter of my eyelashes and make his way down to the shiny red fabrics of my dress, then finally to my strappy heels. Not like I won't play my game though. He'll have to catch me first. Can't forget, I also have a task at hand, to collect the sample. These creatures have shaped out to be quite a pain, however. The village chief was gone, courtesy of Leon, so he won't be getting in the way anymore. Can't say for that bratty Salazar, or Sadler. However, I'm sure they'll be gone in due time. We always have these ways of working things out. It's funny. Of all the things we can do alone, we always fall apart when we're together. Life works in such mysterious ways. It fascinates me. Always on the run, always watching and waiting, but never settling. Me and the moon, Leona and the sunshine, the sun and the moon, always running to catch one another, always worlds apart. Of all the people I've tricked and conned, I couldn't find the courage in myself to do it to Leon. Sure, I'll play games with him, smile, walk away, and eventually vanish, but when it comes to it, I won't lie to him. The truth is valuable, and it can save lives. Maybe even sometimes destroy them, believe me. I've learned that the hard way, but not when it comes to Leon. I'll help him with his mission, and in the end, he'll help me with mine. Everything always comes full circle. Even in terms of the moon, even when covered partially by clouds, the spherical shape always resides behind the darkness, hiding. Always with the sun, it's always burning brightly. Breathing in the crisp night air, I hop down from the window and walk slowly behind the door, red painted nails shining against the shiny silver of my gun. I could feel it this time, the pounding in my heart the anticipation. There was a click at the door. The crest was being set into place. Pushing up my sunglasses, a smile played across my glossed lips. It was time to say hello. It was time to bask in the light of the sun. Alright, those were some incredible reads. Honestly, there has been a central theme between those three stories, which involves balance. And with the first story involving someone that has so much love for this one particular person, having to be so self-aware and balance out how much they show so they're not overwhelming them, but also still being able to express themselves properly, it goes a long way. But unfortunately... (laughs) They're also aware that they're stalking that person that first story. It's sad to see. And of course, stalking is a very traumatic experience. However, it was a very different viewpoint of how this person was just enjoying the little things in life and wanting to make each part of the other person's life a core memory of theirs. It just goes to show like there is a balance in how much you may show someone or act out different things of love 
with the different things that involve love. The second story, um, with it being, you know, a troll versus a human, uh, I think the metaphor that I kind of got from it was involving how there's a balance between being yourself and fitting in. Right, we're all unique individuals that all have our own story. We're all the main character of our own story, right? But we have to also remember that like, there's a balance between, you know, being yourself and also fitting in. We do have desires to fit in and make sure that we're all like integrated into like our respective groups or spaces or society as a whole. However, you don't ever lose yourself, right? Which is what the troll was definitely getting to that point of even to the point of it killing himself and i do believe when you do lose yourself there's a little part of you that dies so that was a great read and the last one the last one involving two people so in love so in sync complementary to each other in so many different ways but never being able to really exist in the same space at the same time continuously it just feels like that classic saying of right person, wrong time, almost, right? And unfortunately, in their case, with their representation of the sun and the moon, that will just never be a right time, unfortunately, right? But again, there's always that balance. And I do believe in relationships, having that balance of having time to yourself and then for your partner, having time to you know carry out the things that you enjoy and also carry the things that you and your partner enjoy is a very key right you never want to never want to lose yourself you never want to feel like it's too hard to be you know in the same area or the same space with your partner you know there was a central theme and idea of just balancing these stories and this is a lot. This is a lot about how we have to live our lives. But I thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Astral Sleep Sleep Podcast. I trust a lot of you have fallen asleep and have drifted off into a nice dream at this point in time. But if you haven't, I trust you guys will have a wonderful night. Okay? So with that being said, sweet dreams, sleep well, and I'll be letting you guys go. Take care.